Okay, good day, everyone. We're up to our seventh church. It's possibly the most popular part of Revelation and maybe one of the most popular parts in all of Scripture is Church of Laodicea, and we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Before we do that, for those that came along to the Growth Group Leaders Meeting, uh, great. It was great to have you there. For those that didn't, really important that you catch up on the uh, things that we discussed, which have been emailed to you in a, in a document attached. I just want to get you to read those outcomes. That'd be great. There's not many. It won't take long. I want to uh, highlight a couple of those each time we talk on these podcasts. Uh, the first one is we talked about recruiting new leaders, the, the importance of succession planning, and not even succession planning only, but uh, partnership with another leader, partnering, co- co-leading, I suppose. So the first point there is we wanted to pray. Will you pray for God to raise up another leader in your group? Pray for someone and then see who God raises up. The next thing is reaching members, uh, getting getting new members. Uh, so uh, wh- one way of doing that is ask someone at church that you talk to if they go to a growth group. And if they don't, then invite them to yours. All right, there's a couple of things to uh, keep in mind that we talked about at the Growth Group Leaders Meeting, and now a look at Revelation chapter 3, and we're looking at verses 14 right through to 22. So let's begin by uh, looking at verse 14. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, now remember, it's not First and foremost to the church, it is to the angel of the church, and we're suggesting that the angel means it's to the pastor or leadership team of the church. So everything that we read is first and foremost applied to the messenger, to the pastor, to the preacher. Uh, So it must go through their hearts before it comes to the congregation. Uh, at the end of the each letter, it is then addressed to whoever he is. So it's yes to the pastor, but also to everybody. Jesus is described it's in, in, in a couple of ways here. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. Now, the Amen, the faithful and true witness, are all titles that are related to one another, and they are, I think, a little cluster. Amen, faithful, true. That's all, they're all, they all overlap. And it is, I think, that Jesus is the the faithful one uh, who has been faithful to the Father all along. He's uh, Jesus' faithful testimony to God. He has lived the true life that God called him to live. He is the Amen. And one, in, uh, one point that might be worth mentioning is in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. Paul calls Jesus the Amen. And what he means by the Amen is that Jesus is the fulfillment of all the promises of God every single promise of God. And one of the promises of God in particular that I think this passage brings up is the new creation. Going on from that, uh, Jesus is also described as the ruler of God's creation. Now, some of you might have a different word for ruler there. It is the Greek word arche, and it actually means either ruler or um, beginner, um, originator. So uh, is he the ruler of God's creation? Or is he the beginning of God's new creation? Well, I think both are true, but I think the emphasis in this one is he is the beginning of God's new creation. He's also the ruler, the overseer of God's new creation. It's not just that he's in charge of the world, it's that he's in charge of the new creation. I think that's really important to see. 
Verse 15 says, I know your deeds, and uh, it seems that Laodicea, as we'll see later, thought they were pretty good. But he goes on to say that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Now, uh, often this has been thought of, that hot and cold are extremes in either being cold to Jesus and not wanting to know him or hot for Jesus and really wanting to know him. I don't think that's the extreme I don't think that's the extreme being talked about. I think the emphasis is not on the extreme but on them being lukewarm. It's not that Jesus would either love you to be for him or against him. No. He's saying what I don't want you to be is lukewarm. And so uh, lukewarm is one of the things that characterized the water supply of Laodicea. Uh, there is hot water in Hierapolis, cold water in Colossae, and in between there is Laodicea. And because they are lukewarm, Jesus says really very graphically, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And this word spit there is actually the word vomit. So it is a really graphic picture of lukewarmness. So what does lukewarmness mean? Uh, because that's one of the things we've really got to think through. So let's keep that in the back of our minds as we move on. They say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But Jesus says, you don't realise you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. And this is why he wants to spit them out of their mouth. What they think they are and what they are are two different things. They're naked, that is shameful. They're poor. They can't change the situation they're in. They're blind. They really can't see who they are and what they are. Now, Laodicea had a reputation and three major industries. One was a textile industry where they made gloss black wool. One was financial centre. They were uh, so so wealthy that after they had an earthquake, they didn't have to ask Rome to rebuild them. They just rebuilt themselves. And they had a medical centre, and it was especially for eye ailments. And there was a type of eye salve that you could get from Laodicea. And here Jesus is saying, you're saying you're really healthy. The spiritual thermometer has been put on you and you've come up wanting. And then he says, so I counsel you to buy from me gold as refined in fire so that you become rich. There's the financial center, white clothes to wear so that you can cover up your shameful nakedness. There's the the garments uh, center, uh, the fashion center, and also salve to put on your eyes so that you you can see. So there's some sense that What he's saying is that they're so identified with their culture that they think that the things that make them secure and the things that make uh, their city uh, popular and and powerful and secure are the things that make them popular, powerful and secure. And Jesus is really saying, no, you have got totally the wrong idea. You need to buy from me, he says, gold and clothes and salve. So we really see that uh, they are really off track Um, One of the things here is that, you know, Jesus says, I want to spew you out of my mouth. I mean, really, this is so strong. But the good news is in verse 19, Jesus says, as, as strong as his rebuke of them has been, 
the reason that he has a strong rebuke is because he has a strong love for them. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. So how is it that they can stop being lukewarm? It's to be zealous. Zealous. They need to be earnest. And that word earnest is the word zealous. Zealous for all sorts of things, zealous for good works, zealous for the Lord Jesus, Uh, zealous to be characterized by zealousness. And I wonder, as we're thinking through the questions and applying them to our the churches, that is, and applying them to our own church and thinking this, we've got to ask ourselves the question, are we a zealous church? Are we zealous for the works of God? Are we zealous for God? Are we zealous for Jesus? And this is seen, for example, in the way that we might sing on a Sunday. And so it is very popular to, to see people engaged in you know deep singing with arms raised and things like that. No problem with that at all, but it's not limited to that. If all of our zealousness is expressed only and when we're singing together on a Sunday, then it's really just about an emotional high that we're on about and we're no better than Laodicea. We need to be characterised by zealousness and uh, we'll have more to say about that on Sunday for sure. Verse 20 says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, with that person and they with me. Now the point, one of the big points here is this, this is not an evangelistic call This is Jesus knocking on the door of the church, not knocking on the door of the unbeliever's heart. And so here is an invitation for the readers not to be converted, but to be renewed. Um, uh, So Jesus is knocking on the door of the church. Uh, This is a really important one, and I think there's other parts of uh, Scripture that talk about. So this is not that they have to come to Christ, they've already done that. It is that they have to know Christ, come to know Christ. That's what this is on about. Verse 21, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit on, sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. So again, let's come back to the beginning. The one who is victorious, first of all, this is applied to the minister, to the pastor, to the leadership team. Uh, are we lukewarm? And then it is applied to whoever has ears. Uh, is the church lukewarm? And I suppose the question is, how lukewarm are we about Jesus? Because was Jesus lukewarm about us? No, he gave himself 100% fully on the cross. Uh, he has given himself fully to us. And the great promise here is that he will give the right to sit with him, uh, sit with Jesus on his throne. So that is ruling what? Ruling the creation. So that's being new creations and ruling the creation with him, which is living life the way he's called us to live, subduing that sort of thing. Uh, Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Uh, Again, this is the real call to reflect and think carefully about uh, what is being said in these churches in Revelation. Okay. Very challenging, challenging to me first, and I'm very aware of my own failings and shortcomings. And uh, so, appreciate your prayers, and I'll be praying for you as you lead your group. See you later.